Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. In addition to our usual obscenity warning, this episode contains extensive conversations about mental health, abuse, and how the two are sometimes connected. Please listen at your discretion. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we are recapping Cold Fire. So grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. This girl is on fire, too. This time, it's personal. Cold Fire. What is your biggest takeaway? George Bush did 9-11. That's all I got out of it. Uh, also, like, the death so penalty of, is bad. I jokingly put that too. <laughs> I got best laid plans and mind your trauma. Mm, that's mm. a good one. Yeah, definitely um, that one. Good and evil are in no way straightforward. And I think when we consider punishments and law enforcement of like what we do to criminals, we should ask ourselves, how would we want our loved ones treated if they had done these crimes? Because Daja at the beginning of Cold Fire is like, oh, yeah, those people in rags who are cleaning the ice every day doesn't matter that they're suffering. They deserved it. But then when it comes to Ben, it's like, oh, shit, like this is somebody I know. This is somebody I care about. This is somebody I love. And I don't think I want to see him go through this punishment so I really feel like she grows in that way yeah I think if we all just said hmm if this was somebody I really really cared about would I want them to go through that then we might be able to come up with some better answers my major takeaway was cut out the toxic people in your life or bad shit could happen What would you change if you could? I mean, I'll go first. 
Pierce doesn't usually spell shit out, but this I would fucking spell out. I would hammer home the point with the convict crews. It gets mentioned twice, and then we have her thing with Ben, and I would directly put in the connection to make sure that the reader got the point. Make um, it a little, a little less subtle. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know if this is really something I would change, but I would be really interested to see how this book read without having the scenes from Ben's point of view. Or more accurately, if she had decided, no, I don't want the audience to know that it's Ben until Dajid. Because I imagine if it had been written that way, some of the other scenes probably would have been more subtle. But I'd be really interested in seeing how that book read if we didn't see that betrayal coming. Oh man, I would have been so shocked. Like, oh no, this guy was amazing. What the fuck? I really liked it this way. I felt like this was more of a gut punch because we see it coming. That's true. And I feel like that made, for me at least, I felt like that made it worse. Knowing that this character that we love and we've been through how many books? Eight? Six? I'm bad at math. Seven. Um, Seven. Seven books. Seven books that we've been through with this character that we love and appreciate we're seeing grow up to have reality kind of like smack her head on, just be like, even the people that you think that you know and care about yeah, are capable of yeah. like deeply, deeply evil things and seeing her get to that conclusion herself and seeing it coming was painful. Yeah. All the chapters until she finally gets it yeah or like just gut-wrenching it hurt having to watch her sit there in denial like i agree it would be interesting to see it from the other perspective as if we didn't know it was ben at the same time i think that it hits it It hits hits harder this way yeah yeah i think i agree i think that it's better this way i think part of it is watching ben disintegrate when we meet him he's a pretty decent guy he's done some bad things burned a couple places down but he's a good guy he's just kind of going about shit the wrong way and he loses into madness yeah he loses everything full-on descent into just fucking madness this whole book kind of had interesting something that i was reading about about um detective novels because mm-hmm. it's essentially what it is. It's a detective story, but instead of kind of the traditional whodunit, it's a how catch em, which is neat because you don't see that a ton. But it is, mm-hmm. you know, just a different way to deliver the, you know, a very similar story. And it, it, I feel like it does get like the audience more involved in it, just, just waiting to see, like I said before, knowing this character, knowing Daja. And like her getting to that point. After Trial and Night's Emelon Days podcast, when they hit Circle Opens Quartet, they talked about this as like CSI Emelon. It's really a little bit more like Columbo. That is what Columbo's gimmick was, was we're going to show you exactly how they did it. We're going to show you who did it and how they did it. Then you watch how he solves it. But what about you guys? What would you change? I have a serious one and I have a not so serious one. I'm going to go with the not so serious one. And I'm going to actually also present this as a challenge to any of our listeners. If you write fan fiction, please send us your best madman scarecrow fanfic that you can, because I would have loved to see so much more. And now like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to throw out this to you because what I would have loved to see, just like, just like a little I mean, like, not obviously 
it's not going to be possible to see that it wouldn't make sense to do it like this but like just that little side adventure of like him if he actually gets away yeah. <laughs> does it go back like I, I just I want to see what happens to him after this because it's never mentioned again he's never mentioned so we don't know what happened in those six months yeah what, what happened did he go Aja was right they didn't notice him because he was in the green robe Exactly. No, no, he's he's dead. They killed him. Like I want to know what happened to him. The conspiracy Uh, was true. The conspiracy was true. For a a a serious, more serious change is I would have really liked for there to have been some kind of acknowledgement Ben's suffering. Mm -hmm. They talk about how basically it was the worst kept secret that Morachain beat her servants and beat her son. Everybody knew about it and nobody intervened. We we see in, in other books, the abuse of animals is a very harshly punished crime. But all we really see is Morachain was fined a lot for beating her servants and not even really acknowledging what happened with how she treated them. Yeah. Maybe like there being something put in place after all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, so this has a direct correlation of what just went down. We need to make stricter laws about this. As a community, they kind of acknowledge that somebody should have intervened and maybe they put things in place to yeah. prevent this kind of thing from happening. I think I would have liked to see Daja struggle more with her morality. The only place where we really see her kind of change her worldview is whether or not she would have the strength to do what Sandry did right in the beginning and kind of Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, her progress into eventually what she did have to do was catch Ben and bring him in. And that was it. Like there wasn't a moment where, not that I want to put children through traumatic experiences or anything, (laughs) right? But, but it I makes think for good storytelling. It makes for good storytelling because we've kind of seen it with with Sandry and Briar already. I think it would have been cool to see her have to struggle with like having to stop him before he immediately is about to hurt someone else. I think that would have been a little more interesting as opposed to just, oh, I got you and you're going to pay for your crimes. Now, a month later, you're at the stake because obviously you're guilty and we all know. I think it would have been interesting to have her have to face that head on with like, can I take a life if it means saving other people? Sounds kind of nuts when you say it out loud, but it makes for good right. It makes for good storytelling. <laughs> I feel like Tamron Pierce usually does a really good job keeping her characters where it's convincing that they are acting the way that they're supposed to. But I feel like at the beginning of this one in chapter three, where when we see the arsonist for the first time, before mm-hmm. we know it's been, he talks about how Daj is a goddess and he will always love her and everything. And I don't feel like that really fit in with Ben later because we never really see that come back to fruition later on I, right. I especially with the scene when he finally meets Frostpine and Frostpine's like I don't think he is after your heart or your body and that mm-hmm. doesn't really tie in with what we saw in chapter three so I feel like she usually does a really good job of keeping the characters the same but I feel like Ben was a little more icky in the beginning 
and then he just kind of, yeah. which I'm glad. I didn't want to see no like <laughs> we don't need with the children. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't need it. But if you're gonna make your character that, then you need to continue with it, I guess. Yeah, or maybe that that beginning or, part could have been written a little bit differently. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, I think the book was great. What would you like to know more about or what do you hope to see more of in upcoming books? I am excited for the next book because I'm ready to see Trist and Nico. I'm hoping to find out more about Nico's background. We don't know nothing about the man. I want to know more about him, especially especially re-listening because I've been, I went back to the very beginning, listening to our older episodes. I know like in the very first few chapters, I questioned what did he do in the past? Um, Because something happened with Briar. He's like, is that question aimed towards me? So it sounded like he had like a suspicious past before he became a mage. And I want to know. So I'm hoping that this next book, since Nico will be there, we get to find out more. Because we learn more about Frostpine's past him being in a relationship with Matazi, is that her name? Mm-hmm. And then we found out more about Rose Thorn's past, and we found out some of Lark's past. I want to know about Nico. I'm tempted to say that I feel like this is the book that's going to prove you are, you are Triss. There are things that happen in Shatterglass, and I am pretty sure that you are going to react more or less exactly the same as Triss. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know more uh, more about Maura Chain's backstory. We talked about the abuse that Ben went through led him to become an arsonist, that it contributed to his committing arson. So I'm, I'm curious if Maura Chain also went through some sort of abusive situation or traumatic situation when she was younger that led her to become abusive. Her story kind of reminds me of the story of Rebecca Lukens, who was like America's first female entrepreneur or something. I don't remember exactly what the what her title is, but um, she took over her husband's iron mill after he died. It was almost bankrupt and she got it back up and running and paid off all their debts and got it to where it was making a profit. And there are some things that I notice in her story that I'm like, oh, you know what? If that had happened slightly differently, I think she could have easily become like a Mora Ching. I'm just, I guess I'm curious as to what may or may not have brought her to become abusive herself. Because I was just reading an article about generational abuse, which I think mm. kind of fits into what Mora Chain could have, you know, gotten. Yeah. Because that's how it happens and, you know. It can become a cycle. Yeah, it can. It, it You can break it, but it's not easy or simple to do. It's, it's, uh, right. but yeah, it's for stuff I want to see further on. I want to see the kids get back together again. I want to see the crew reunited. Uh, I know it'll happen at some point. And apparently Evie will be there, I think, because Briar brought Evie home with them. So Evie's going to be in their little group now, and she's going to be their little kid sister. It'll be cute. Pasco will also be there, hopefully. Maybe. I, I, I just want to see them. I want to see them interact again. I want to see all four of them interact. Yeah, I'm ready. And also the students interacting with each other would be comedy gold. I want, like, Pasco and Jory and Briar. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> no. 
I think Evie would get on with Nia really well, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, Nia is much calmer, but I still think that they would get on pretty well. What do you think it's going to be like when the kids reunite? I feel like they have been apart for so long that I know people tend to grow apart a little bit if they're distanced from each other. So I feel like they're going to have to try to relearn stuff about each other because they've been apart for so long. And they've gone through very traumatic experience, just on top of what they've already been through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're going through it again, and this time separately. Although, I was thinking about this earlier, all the stuff that they have gone through, they've had the support of their friends and their teachers and the people around, not just the four of them but like their friends like sandry uh tried to stop the dina hers she had uh lark and uh some of the other teachers help make the stakes for the net like she had that support from not just you know her four friends but other people around her that were kind of her support system at the time same with briar with the seed balls and stuff like he made those with rose thorn and the help of his sisters essentially and we kind of see <clears> it here with a uh, dodge's final decision decision ben uh it wasn't just her magic reaching into the fire it was also frost pine and i believe it was Hotcracker and jory yeah, they, they all kind of had support from their own support systems and not just relying on their four, yeah. three closest friends. So the second four books are The Circle Opens Quartet. Oh my God. Whoa. Mind blown, man. Whoa. <laughs> it all makes sense now. It only took me till the third book of the quartet to realize it. <laughs> <sighs> um, they're opening up their circle. All right, so who's your favorite new character? Of the three books or of just this one? See, so I asked this question in Magic Steps. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask it during Street Magic because there weren't a lot of like new characters that were likable aside from Evie. So I was pretty sure everybody would just be like, oh, Evie, who else is there? But the there's cats, a yeah. lot of good characters. The cats, yeah. That's true. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot of really good new characters in Cold Fire. So who's your favorite character from Cold Fire that like, you haven't met before <laughs> that's hard but i'm gonna probably have to go with cole and matazi they're so cute and they're so, so supportive of their daughters and it's just so refreshing to see good parents in this series we don't have many i mean yeah we have lark and rosethorn but they're not their biological parents all the biological parents have been shit so far so it's really refreshing to see <laughs> not- some good parents not all biological parents are shit. But no, doesn't mean I'm sure, I'm sure Daja's family was probably life. fine. That's true. That's true. We they, didn't meet Daja's family. I'm sure they were fine, but they still also didn't let her do the things that she wanted to do. So they true. were probably good people, but they still did shitty things to her. So Colin Matazi, I didn't see a whole lot of shitty stuff that they did. They encouraged their children to pursue the things that they were interested in which was awesome and then they were also involved in their community and did things for the community not so not just their children but just 
them being people in general. They were just amazing. I really liked them. They're really cool people. Um, I remember Jory and Dasha went to Black Fly Bog. Elenica agreed to take her on. And I remember Brittany saying, like, I wonder how her family's going to react because they're these, like, rich people. And how are they going to feel about her going in there? And I feel like there was, like, a mention of, like, the grandmother being upset. Mm-hmm. But there was no evidence that Cole and Matazi, they seemed totally chill with it. Because literally Matazi's thing is just, oh, we didn't think she took students, but okay. Yeah. I really like them. I really like Serge. I think he's a lot of fun. Um, he's Santa. And, and yeah, and he's Santa Claus. I love Potcracker. I love seeing another cook mage. But my favorite that tops the list has got to be our Looney, Scarecrow Man. I adore I Scarecrow Man. I'm, I'm indifferent. It's just like, okay, he's a character. He's in there. I, I like I, most I, people I were with Kirill. Like, ah, he's He's just there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get it because, like, he's he's not very present, but yeah, I love him. Another one that I really liked was Ugly Man. I don't remember his name. He's <gasps> Gerard. Great well. Yeah, yes. Gerard is amazing. Gerard is Gerard also really too. awesome. Indy, do you want to add anything? I I fully Never. agree with all of them. I genuinely do love Colin Matazzi just because amazing parenting there. I aspire to be them. Fucking pot crackers. I think you're well on your way is glorious i really like haluda salt i mean as a as a whole there's there's a lot of good new characters that have been introduced in this book it's a good cast yeah all right sorry good one what were you gonna say those were literally my two choices were matoski and cole were number one and uh haluda salt was my number two because i i like the i like the hard-boiled detective trope even though she is kind of this kind of a realist like she can she's see kind of cynical cynical yeah thank you she's cynical but she's still kind enough to talk to daja very in a very considerate way when she kind of confronts her about her magic being found at the scene of the explosion at the bathhouse like she's dealt with enough cases to know how people act and what can kind of lead them to do this sort of stuff but she's still kind enough to not be a jerk to her because she knows it's not her fault and she's been tricked by this evil man and so she's very considerate in the way that she talks to her while still making her understand exactly what what happened and you said you like the hard-boiled detective trope we all loved wolfric snaptrap but i would not describe him as a hard-boiled detective no that is a goofy ass man (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that but he, I that, I feel like Wolfric Snaptrap might be the actual Columbo of Avalon. He knows what he's doing, but everybody just kind of looks at him. They're like, who the fuck are you? How did you become head detective again? Oh, yeah, because he's smart, but he doesn't show it off. He's not he's not very right. upfront with his uh, like Columbo. Exactly like Columbo. He he disarms people with how goofy and almost bumbling he appears, but he he, he knew what he was doing. Rest in peace, Wolfric Snaptrap. Now that we've talked about favorite characters, who is your least favorite character? Which basically probably boils down to, who do you like worse, Ben or Morachain? I'm gonna have to go with Morachain. She's a fucking bitch. She's a nightmare. I actually wrote this down. Morgan is an everyday evil, and Ben uh-huh. is a manufactured evil. Zanadia <laughs> is this uh, epitome evil. 
right? We yeah. we have decided that this is the worst of the worst because this person is just horrible to be horrible. That's who I aspire to be as well. As and, but yeah. like with more chain is uh, we kind of talked about it at the beginning than in everyday evil. We have to we we've all dealt with more chain on a daily basis. We we know that person yeah. and. Ben is this kind of manufactured evil. Like we can assume an understanding point that we have that there is depression and probably a lot of survivor's guilt and some more just trauma upon trauma upon trauma that has made Ben to be what Ben is. And he is a horrible, awful, terrible human being, not because of the trauma that he's been through or the environment in which he was raised, but because of how he chose to express those things. Right. And I agree with Brittany. More chains worse. So I asked this question because, as I told you before, our uh, episode that we did with Circle of Friendship, when I asked them, who do you dislike? And they said, cold fire. And I was like, well, there's a couple there. And they were like, the obvious one. I think that they meant Ben. But to me, I have always disliked Maura Chain more for some reason. And I think what it is, is that my dislike, my just straight dislike for them is probably equal. But my like for Ben and my respect and appreciation of him is higher. And so when it balances out, Ben is a terrible person, and yet the person who I really can't stand is Maura Chain. The, Goodwin is like leaning back in his chair and making exasperated faces. Uh, Goodwin, are you gonna are you gonna counter us all now? I I'm afraid I'm gonna have to. Go ahead. All right, do it. No, I I, 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 I really want to hear this. I I, I do want to say I get it. And she is kind of that everyday evil. But Ben did kind of murder a couple hundred people. And blow yeah. up a building and burn down a hospital, and more changes beat some people. That yeah. being said, she kind of is one of the root causes for Ben doing this. So I I, I get that, but the man is essentially a terrorist, and he has aside from the making decent firefighting. <laughs> techniques a thing on these islands he has no redeeming qualities whatsoever neither does more chain right and I, and I get that but i think that the evil that he caused was he put more suffering into the world than she did i agree I but with with no more chain there's no bin he, he would have been a decent person he would have been fucking psychotic but but we also don't want to fall into the like trap of blaming her for his actions because he could have just been a meek stinky little man you know unfortunately being treated shittily by his mother but without the loss of his family in a fire he probably wouldn't have gone down that route either so like this this goes back to my 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 big takeaway which is mind your trauma I'm not saying that Ben is not a terrible person and that when you take your trauma and your mental illness and you inflict it upon other people, you are a problem. But I feel like both of them do that. They both do. I don't want it to take away from 
absolute spiral that went Ben went down and he became this absolutely terrible human being who put so much pain and hurt and suffering into the world. I still have to go with Morichain as the, the worst of the two purely because of the fact of there was ample opportunity for there to be something redeemable about her and we saw nothing redeemable about her we see what ben used to be and what ben used to be was good again i'm not saying that he is not a horrible person by the end of this book i'm just saying that we have seen something in him that was good and was trying to do something better and we never ever saw Morichain do anything good. I mean, besides the twins, that's the only good that she put in the world. Collaterally, Ben is worse, but as a human being, I do still feel that Morichain is worse. That's just character, like the, the, the way that the character is written is, if I can't find anything redeemable about you, you're just terrible. So that's kind of why I, wish that I had more information mm-hmm. about more chains backstory because like if these were just real people in the world and all I knew about them were like more chain abused her family and Ben burned down half a town and killed a couple hundred people I would absolutely think that Ben is the worst person but because I have seen what Ben was before and I've seen him I've seen that decline Ben makes me sad. It's like you had so much potential. And Mora Chain just makes me angry. Reading this book, Mora Chain always stood out to me as like horrible. Like I always just really, really disliked Mora Chain. And I know logically Ben is the worst person. He's done so much, so many worse things. But because I've seen what Ben could have been, I can't hate him the way that I hate Mora Chain. I imagine that Pierce does that on purpose. And I feel like it. Pierce does do this on purpose, and especially because of how the story is told. Through Daja, who befriends Ben before his decline. And, and honestly, like I said earlier, that I would be interested in how this book would read if we didn't have the scenes from Ben's point of view. Probably that would be the big difference, is I would no longer feel sympathetic toward Ben. I would just think he was a terrible person instead of seeing his wasted potential. Yeah. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. For me and Natalie, how was this book different, this go-around? Ooh. Um, I got a lot to talk. I got a lot to unpack here. First of all, I couldn't put it down. Just like you guys know, I finished this book when we were recording like chapter six or something. I just like plowed through it. Couldn't stop reading. But I really related to this book, this go around. I haven't experienced what Daja experienced in the sense that I know somebody who was a arsonist or a mass murderer, but two things. One is I had a very good friend who, long story short, like some unsavory things came out about this person. And I don't even really fully know what they all are. It was very interesting for me because I had seen similar things going on with like celebrities in the news and it's very easy to like condemn these people and be like oh what a terrible person and then suddenly it was like well shit um and it was very similar to Daja where like I could see this buildup coming and I didn't want to admit it I still have a very awkward relationship with this person because 
I guess I don't want to just be like, oh, well, you're a terrible person. I'm never going to speak to you again. There are people who have cut ties with them and I understand their reasons for cutting ties with them and I don't blame them in any way. But I feel like I did tell them like upfront, look, I will cut ties with you if I don't know that you're actually like working towards improvement because you need to get better. But it's also like still really awkward being around this person. Granted, this happened not super long before COVID, maybe a whole year before COVID. And so we haven't interacted a whole lot anyway, because like we haven't seen each other during the pandemic or anything. But yeah, so this reminded me a lot of that. And then in the last episode, I mentioned Liel Leibowitz. And this is the part where I'm going to throw him under the bus, despite me like really liking this podcaster. And I can talk about this very openly because this is a public person and this is a thing that happened on a podcast so on the unorthodox podcast they interviewed damn i do not remember this lady's name probably because i just didn't care because i was so frustrated with what went down they interviewed this lady who is literally a multimillionaire. she started like a line of designer fashion for pregnant women which I guess a lot of people like ah blah 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 this was groundbreaking and whatever and she's very much one of those like stories that we've talked about got a loan from the wealthy dad to start this business and then it was successful and made millions of dollars she didn't get a million dollar loan she got like a I've seen a couple of different numbers to like 25,000 50,000 somewhere in there but still like that's one or two years salary for me. So to me, that is a lot of money. And when I listened to it, I know I told you guys some of this before, because she talks about how like the family and Charlie and the chocolate factory was so cozy. And I was like, no, no, they were impoverished and like couldn't eat. But the thing is like, the first time I listened to the interview, I was just like, whatever, like there's some rich lady who's like out of touch. I don't really care. But at the end, She talks about how, like, journalists will criticize her family for, like, throwing big fancy parties or whatever. What happens is that Liel Leibowitz, he's been an important factor in my journey into Judaism. I decided last year that I wanted to convert to Judaism, and this person has been very important in that. And he's like, yeah, well, some people are jaundiced and anti-rich because they don't want to do the work and self-actualize. And to me, This is a lot, a lot of just garbage bullshit that people spew to help keep the poor poor and make excuses for the rich to not help contribute to getting people out of poverty. And I wrote a letter to the podcast, which they actually read on air. I feel that I did not do the letter justice. Like I didn't express my real issues because it sounds like I'm just frustrated at this lady for being rich. And I realized my problem has nothing to do with her. What happened was I felt betrayed by this person who like I really admired. And then he spat what to me is some of the like vilest bullshit that you can spit. Obviously he's not an arsonist, but I I connect, I kind of connected to this book at that moment. Um, And just like, yeah, what do you do when it's the person who like you idolize, who turns out to be doing the thing that you hate? Don't meet your heroes. Yep. Yeah. 
my difference this time through is I think that I, believe it or not, was somehow more sympathetic to Moira Chain. Agreed. Because we don't have her full story. I'm going to sound super contradictory here, is we don't know what went on in her life to make her as she is. I remember the first time I read this, I was like, hell yeah, fucking Morrisane deserved what she got. She deserved what she got and she deserved more of it. Now we don't know what caused her to be what she is. I, I also think that while it did stand out to me when I was younger, rereading it now the fact that there was no description as to what happened it's left to the imagination of exactly how bad it was what the worst possible thing you can think of to happen to a person it's worse than that when I was younger I was like yeah that's what she fucking deserves and as someone who lived through a very abusive household definitely when I was younger I was like this this is what should happen to anybody who hits kids and I mean and I'm I'm still fully 100% down for if you hit a kid or you hit an animal you need to be picked apart in the cruelest and most violent way possible but also growing up and knowing that it's not always black and white. We don't know what caused Morten to be what she is. Nobody deserves that level of violence done upon them. Still a human being. And like, while despicable and horrible as she may be, as a very violent person in general, I feel like I'm becoming less liberal with my violence. I mean, I, I can't really say that it clicked in a way any different than from when I read it as a kid. I just think that now with a little bit more of a worldview, I think that as angry as I was as a kid and as gung-ho about an eye for an eye, as an adult, I realized you can't just get away with doing things like that to people because it's not good for you. They might deserve it, but it's not good for you. So yeah, I somehow became more sympathetic to Morrisane, and that sounds completely contradictory to everything I've said in this entire uh, season. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So finally, we are at predictions. Yes, I'm right. ready. Let's so go. I have some specific questions I want to ask you about predictions because this second set of books follows a pattern. So I'm going to give you the words and let you come up with whatever you want if you want to. And if you're just like, I'm totally lost, then we'll just launch into I have some specific things that I want to ask you about. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. So here's your three words. Cast, lightning, chime. Cast, Cast. I know is There's like, like three of them. Arm cast or like casting like, line, but it's spelled with an E. So I don't it's know that like, cast with the oh. E. Uh, social order. They use that a lot in India with like having people of a higher caste being like more influential or people in lower caste are looked down upon. Social mm-hmm. layers, I guess. Start Makes sense because she's a merchant, but I feel like she got, she outgrew her, I don't know. Lightning, of course. Uh, she's a weather witch, so of course there's going to be lightning in there. That one's a duh. Um, chime. That's more weather witch stuff, like wind chimes or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so there's going to be wind chimes involved? Uh, lightning uh, and wind chimes. This series follows a pattern. Uh, she's going to had... get a student. 
There's going to be some bad people, and she's going to have to decide whether she's going to be able to kill that person or not. And she's going to murder them. See, you've already predicted the book, and you've done a decent job. You didn't even need me to give you three words. <laughs> Tris and Nico are traveling. We've been told mm-hmm. they're traveling south. Where do you think they are? What do you think this place is going to be like? It's going to be a lot warmer than this last book. (laughs) I think they're in Africa. They're in the jungle. They did. Maybe they're in the desert. Shatter glass, lightning. When lightning hits sand, it turns into glass. It does. People be shattering glass. Mm-hmm, Glass mm-hmm. is a thing you can see through. Nico sees through stuff. Maybe With Nico dies. With the scrying mirrors. No, don't do that. He is old. Does Nico die? <laughs> he was 53 when they were 10, so he's 57 gla- now. Um, I did also mention in a previous episode, if it helps, that there is going to be a mage, uh, mage conference in this book. Um, okay. I wouldn't think they would have a conference in the desert. So... Maybe there's some magic spot in the desert where everyone... They're in the Mirage area. Maybe it's like a magic burning man. I could see Larko with the burning man, but Nico, no, he's too dignified. (laughs) That's the thing, that's the thing. This is, he used to do this shit as a kid. This is, this is his backstory. Uh, This is is what he did as a young man. Yeah! (laughs) And, and Tris is like, why are we here? What is going on? He's trying to relive his youth. Through Tris. (laughs) So, so Nico's going through. going through a midlife crisis. Bingo. Well, I think, I think that's he's it. 57, so that checks out. <laughs> wow. How is Tris going to react to this midlife crisis? He, she is not going to take his shit. She's going to be like, oh my god. It's so embarrassing. Sucks. This is <laughs> an old man. You didn't even bring drugs. What was the point? Dad. <laughs> Dad, we can't go to Burning Man and not have drugs. What's wrong with you? You're too young for drugs. <laughs> but I, I read everything thing. there is about this, and it tells me everything that I need to know in this book about Burning Man. And it said every book I've read says you gotta have drugs and you don't have any. What's up with that? <laughs> Maybe she's going to make her own drugs. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she has read the books to be able to do so. So, <laughs> Isn't it, it, isn't uh, a glass like street slang for some kind of drug? Yes, it's for, um, I want to say meth, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it fits there in with the meth milk and everything, you know? So we just have a thing for meth. Yep. Smoking glass. <laughs> It is for so meth. Far. They're doing methamphetamines. Very cool. I think they're going to Magical Burning Man. All the artists are going to play wind chimes because that's all they fucking got. Triss is going to join the band because she's a weather mage. You going to play the wind chimes? Yeah. How? Yeah. Who else would you want playing the wind chimes if not someone who can control the wind? Right. It makes it makes perfect sense. Well. Wow. What about the cast and the lightning? Uh, don't worry about that. We, we might yeah. figure it out. Brittany, I think, I think okay. we cracked this one. I think, I think we got I, it. Okay, so what is her student going to be like, and how are they going to meet? I remember in previous, like, episodes when we first started that you said that one of the students is older, and you're like, oh my gosh, this student is really <laughs> old. So we haven't had an old student yet. So uh-huh. obviously this student is going to be the old student. Yeah. <laughs> That was the yeah. big surprise for me. I distinctly remember when Shatterglass came out. I was like, I'm really excited to see the kid that Tris gets to teach. And my friend who had just finished reading it was like, it's not a kid. It's like an old man. 
spoilers, Kathleen is 20. Ah, uh, yeah. But at 14, me and my friend I... thought that that was old. Damn. He's an old man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's going to so be yes. an interesting dynamic. I think that Tris would be the best qualified to handle somebody older. Because she's so, so mature already. It would have been like Briar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that would have been good. Since we know now that her student's going to be 20, why do you think he needs a teacher? Like, why Why didn't anybody catch his magic before? That's a good question. I think it's going to be the same kind of ordeal as Triss, where he was tested before, and they just told him he doesn't have a lick of magic, and that he's a crazy person, and he, I think it's just going to be, going to be just like Triss, where he hears things maybe, or he does weird things happen around him. I think maybe his magic has something to do with altering people's perceptions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he's able to have gotten away with it for so that long. Makes sense. We we did read somewhere that like Lark was an adult before anybody realized that she had magic as well. Yeah, so sure. this happened. Weird things happen around him. What do you think his life is like? Like how does what does that do to his life? He's an outcast like Triss was. An outcast. But um ah, with an E. Yeah. What crime is happening and why does Tris get involved with solving it? Someone mm-hmm. is making the weather doing bad. Oh, <laughs> we already knew people were doing meth. That's not anything new. They're making it rainy when I went it to be sunny and going to <gasps> Yeah, they're making it rain so the people can't get on stage and do their show. Trying to do the Burning Man oh and can't God. light the thing on fire because it's constantly raining. Of course, you can't have uh, Burning Man without the Burning Man, right? Duh. So they bring Tristan to clear it out <laughs> because you know you want to fuck with nature, right? Totally. What we want to do. And then, what are the police going to be like? Because we've seen we've seen three different cops who all kind of have very different personalities and the kids have all interacted with them differently so what are the police going to be like and what's Triss's interaction with the police going to be like I mean all the police so far have been worthless except no. for Haluda no, no. was Wolfric. good and Wolfric, Wolfric. I, I, was he really <laughs> a cop though? he was yeah, a cop he was a harrier man yeah. he was a detective yeah but he was uh, he was so a Haluda, but basically I mean, the... the people that work for both Haluda and Snaptrap seem kind of dumb, especially the ones that work for Haluda. Okay, so we've seen so, a lot of we've seen a lot of bad cops. So do you think they're going to be bad cops? Okay, not very good. Maybe. We might have a good detective. Good cops. <clears throat> I think we'll have a good detective like we've been having, but the people that work for them still going to be shit. What do you think Triss's interaction is going to be like? I don't know. Maybe she'll have a positive experience. I, I mean, Sandra I did. I think it's going to be a negative experience because both Sandry and uh, Daja had good experiences with theirs, and only Briar has had like a bad experience with them. So okay, so to even it out, yeah. To even it question, out, yeah. Question: How much of that bad experience with Briar was the fact that? It was Briar and a cop. The last time that we really saw Briar with Triss, Briar was going to teach her how to pick locks. 
and she <laughs> in this book and the cops are not going to like that she's picking locks so it's not <laughs> going to be a good experience for her right because right. she's not going to be as sneaky about it as briar because she's not nearly as good as he is okay. she's gonna okay. get busted Maybe also, the police are the bad if, guys this time. If she's if she's doing meth, you know, like maybe her and Nico get, It's a free country. Maybe. I probably. think she's gonna be like an undercover cop. They're gonna want her to be like up in the business with everybody else doing <laughs> meth with everybody. <laughs> get them on their on the on her side and then bust them. Damn. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. That that brings us to the last question, which is, what Disney movie is is this? Oh, geez, why? I don't think any Disney people do bad <laughs> and go to Burning Man. <laughs> well, I mean, we can expand it from Disney movie. I know uh, one of at least one of the books was supposed to be West Side Story, and and Sandry's book was supposed to be Footloose. We also had a Labyrinth in there for one of them. Yeah, too. And yeah, it was uh, Magic Steps was Labyrinth uh, meets Footloose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I guess I should say what like crossover this should be because Magic Steps was Labyrinth meets Footloose. Street Magic was um West Side Story meets Aladdin, Aladdin. meets West Side Story, yeah. And Dodges was How's Moving Castle Untangled. So what crossover um, are we working with? Oh man. Um Breaking Bad's gotta be one of them. Breaking yeah, Bad. Breaking, I was gonna say Breaking Bad. And then is there any movies about Burning Man? Maybe it's something similar where they burn stuff. Like, what's the like bonfire night thing in the UK? Guy Fox Day. So maybe it's like Breaking Bad meets V for mm. Vendetta, which means this is going to be really fucking gritty. <laughs> the uh, uh, gunpowder plot. Yeah, Guy Fox Night, November fifth. You know they, yeah. they, but they do a big bonfire. They remember, burn a guy. Remember the fifth of November, November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I see no reason why the. Yeah. Something gunpowder treason should, should ever be forgot. The the most important part that you don't forget is the part I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> be for vendetta meets breaking bad. Unfortunately, we're gonna have to go with that. If that is the case, this is gonna be very dark and gritty. Just yeah. I have not ever seen V for Vendetta, and I only vaguely know anything about breaking v for vendetta knowing your dislike of violence not a, not a britney movie however it is a phenomenal movie since it's our recap episode we are going to end with an excerpt from chapter one of Shatterglass, and this is going to answer a question that britney asked me a long time ago Ooh. The man jerked and yanked the pipe from his lips. The glass See, wriggled. He's, he's smoking meth already. <laughs> anyway, continue. The glass wriggled, spiraled, and broke free, tumbling in the air as it flew madly around the room. Little Bear yelped and fled into the yard. <coughs> Bear. Sorry, go ahead. We stand, Little Bear, in this household. I think this is my favorite part, is just, like, reading the first chapter of the next book. And it's like, oh, I was so excited about this episode, yeah. Why didn't you undo it, Tris demanded. She ducked as writhing glass zoomed over her head. Didn't they teach you, the more power you throw into magic gone awry, the more it will fight your control. 
forget reusing the glass. It's so full of magic now, you'll have real trouble if you try to make it into anything else. The glass thing, she couldn't tell what it was, landed on the man's skull. Smoke and the stench of burning hair rolled away from its feet. The man swore and slapped at it. Terrified, his creation fled. As it flew, its features became sharper, more identifiable. The big lumps became very large, bat-like wings. Smaller lumps stretched out to become powerful hind legs and short forelegs. Lesser points shaped themselves as ears, an upright ribbed fin nose on its neck. Another point fixed the end of the glass as a tail. <clears throat> when the thing lit on a work table, Trish saw the form it had fought to gain. It was a glass dragon, silver veined with magic, clear through and through. It was 12 inches long from nose to rump with six more inches of tail. The man had dumped a pail of water on his head as soon as the dragon left him. Now he flung his blowpipe across the room, shattering three vases. Tantrums don't do the least bit of good, Triss then informed him, hands on her hips. Old as you are, surely you know that much. She noted distantly that there was a circle of dead white hair atop the man's head, almost invisible against the bright, closely cropped blonde hair that surrounded it. He wheezed, coughed, gasped, and glared at her with very blue eyes. Who in Eilig's name are you? And what did you do to me? He spoke slowly and carefully, which didn't match his scarlet face and trembling hands. Triss scowled. You did it to yourself, Dolt. You threw good magic after bad, including power you drained from all around this neighborhood because you didn't protect the workshop. Now look, you'll have to feed it and care for it, you know, and what it eats is beyond me. Living metal feeds on metal ores in the ground, but living glass? She tugged one of the thin braids that framed her face, picking the problem apart. Sand, I suspect, and natron and seashell, since that's what you make glass with in the first place, and antimony and magnesium to make it clear. Will you be quiet? The man cried, his voice still low. I have no magic, just a seed, barely enough to to make the glass easier. Triss glared at him. I may only be 14, but I'm not stupid, and you're a terrible liar. The glass blower doubled his big hands into fists. I am not a liar, he cried, his slow words a sharp contrast to his enraged face. How dare you address me like that? Get out. Little Bear didn't like the thing that zipped so dangerously around the workshop, but even less did he like the glass blower. He thrust himself between Triss and the man, hackles up, lips peeled away from his teeth, a low growl rumbling through his large chest. Now look, Triss said with a sigh, you upset my dog. The glass blower backed away. I am a journeyman of the glassmaker's guild, he said, forcing the words past clumsy lips. I have no magic. I am no liar. I want you and your dog gone and that thing you made too. I made, Trist demanded aghast, as if I didn't see the power flow from you into the glass. Look, Master Jump Duck Journeyman, that dragon is your creation. The glass blower yelled and grabbed a long pair of metal tongs. The dragon had landed on a work table and was trying to climb into a jar on top of it. 
get out of there, he cried, smacking the tongs on the table a half inch from the dragon's tail. Coloring agents cost money. His sluggish speech was in sharp contrast to his quick strike at the dragon. The glass creature leaped clear before the glass blower could shatter it with a second blow. It flew to a shelf on the wall, its front half covered with powder. Clinging to the shelf, it spat blue fire at its attacker. Once clear of its muzzle, the flame solidified and fell to shatter on the floor. Shatter glass. That is so cool. <laughs> shatter glass. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. <laughs> Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Briar's book was three because Cats was also in there. Yeah, because Cats was one of our right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was. I it. wish I wish yeah. we hadn't remembered that. <laughs> I tried to forget it. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.